Saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of, the, of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, just as in all the world, also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even at, um, as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you heard, uh, learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf. And he also informed of your love uh, in the Spirit. Informed us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and peace and joyously. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Saints, you may be seated. May God add a blessing to the reading of His Word. Saints of God, what does it mean for us to be saved? What does it mean for us to be Christians? What does it mean for us to live what's called the divine life now? What does it mean for us to live as those who have tasted of the fruits of Jesus Christ and now believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ? If there's anything that we ought to know, it is how now do I live as a Christian? How now do I live as a Christian? That should be our strive, is it not? That should be your focal point in your life is living unto the glory of God. Living not merely as one who knows the truth, but also is living the truth. Saints, we are to be livers of the truth. Uh, and, and we see this in chapter 1 in this wonderful opening of verses from the Apostle Paul. Remember, Paul has never met these Christians. Paul is hearing of their great faith. And this afternoon, saints, there are two things that Paul hears from his fellow co-labor in the faith that strikes him, that warns him to write a letter, not only because of heresy that's creeping in, but also because of who these people are. If someone was to ask, one of your friends, hey, who is this person like? What is this person like? Saints of God, if there's anything that people should say of us, it is what the Apostle Paul says of these saints in Colossae. There are two things that stand out here that Paul uh, notices about these believers. The two things are this. Number one, their faith. And number two, their love. Number one, their faith. Number two, their love. We read, We give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. 
since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. But also, he adds, and the love which you have for all the saints. If there's anything that these Christians in Colossae were known for, and saints, I'm going to tell you, if there's anything that you should be known for, it is these two things here. It is your faith and your love. Not being known necessarily as many in the Reformed world like to do is known for your knowledge. I meet so many men and I ask, hey, do you know this person? And usually the first thing they'll say is, yes, he's a sharp guy. Yes, he knows his theology. Yes, he's able to distinguish very well. But here, Paul, what Paul, what, what attracts Paul to these Colossae Christians is their faith in Christ. And it's their love for one another. Saints of God, we are to go to our grave striving to be known by our faith and by our love. In fact, is there anything that should be on our, our, our tombstone? Many things that we can put. But this person had faith in Christ and loved Christ and Christ's people. If that's all you are remembered for, not for the hitting the, the game-winning shot or winning championships or having all the money in the world, if you're only known for and if your lasting impact in this world and on the people whom you meet is that person knew Jesus and loved Jesus, then saints, you lived a good life. You lived the life in which God has prescribed for you to live. <clears throat> saints of God, we'll consider this in just two points. Number one, the faith of the Colossae Christians. And number two, the love of the Colossae Christians. Let's consider the first, and that is the faith of these Christians. Again, verse 3 and 4. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Notice the first thing that Paul highlights about these Christians in Colossae is their faith. Is their faith. Remember, saints, Paul has never met these Christians Paul more than likely doesn't, I mean, there was no, there was no FaceTime at that time. Uh, you couldn't send pictures. So Paul doesn't even probably know uh, what these Christians look like. He doesn't know what all these Christians are going through uh, privately. But he does know one thing about them. And that is he knows of their faith. He knows of their faith. Now saints, what is faith? We say faith a lot, do we not? We sing of faith. We say that we have great faith. The Bible speaks of faith. What is faith? Faith is God raising our minds to know Him and to trust Him. Faith is God raising our minds to know Him and to trust Him. So the nature of faith consists of three parts. It consists of knowledge, it consists of assent, and it consists of steadfast trust. If you have knowledge of God... If your mind has ascended to the heights of heaven beyond your natural capacities, and also if you have steadfast trust, not just any trust, but steadfast trust, then you have faith. Let's quickly consider these individually. Number one, faith consists of knowledge. Faith consists of knowledge. In order for one to have faith, knowledge comes first. In fact, knowledge necessarily comes first. Romans 10.14, Paul asks, 
How shall they believe in Him whom they have not heard? In order for us to believe in a thing, we must have some sort of knowledge of the thing. Faith, then, is thereby knowledge. And saints, this way of looking at faith, it runs counter and it breaks many of the misconceptions of what faith is. For many Christians, faith is blind. Many Christians believe that faith is merely just a shot in the dark, a wishful thinking. That the mind has no, um, the mind has, 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 has no harmony with faith. That the mind is apart from faith. Many think that faith is merely believing in something without having knowledge of the thing. But saying that is entirely untrue. What we believe, the Christian faith, and hear me now, is not a mindless religion. The Christian faith is not a mindless religion. And in order for us to have faith in God, one must have a knowledge of God. Which leads to the second component of faith, which is assent. Assent. So faith is having a knowledge of something, right? You can't believe in something if you don't have the knowledge of something. <clears throat> but also, faith is assent. Thomas Aquinas says, Faith is a habit of the mind whereby eternal life is begun in us, making the intellect assent to what is non-apparent. In other words, faith as a virtue enables the believer's intellect, it enables your intellect, your mind, to advance beyond its natural mode to believe in the supernatural. Again, faith allows your mind to go beyond its natural realm and to believe in the supernatural. The Christian faith, saints, is not like the other sciences in the world. You can read a textbook on science, a textbook in philosophy. You can read all these other textbooks and your mind can ascend to those truths. But saints, you cannot read the Bible apart from grace and apart from the Spirit and your mind ascend to the truths of the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. There has never been no one on the face of the earth that has believed apart from the Spirit, that has believed apart from grace. No matter how, how eloquent one is with words, how well they're able to explain gospel truth, without the Spirit, without God taking one's natural mind, healing it, and elevating it, they cannot understand supernatural truths. So then we believe then, and saints, I unashamedly, and you unashamedly should say and believe and hold fast that we believe in supernatural truths. We believe in the supernatural. We're not just merely materialists. But we're more than that. We have a soul. And we believe in the immortality of the soul. We believe in heaven. And we believe in hell. Think of the things that you believe in, saints, as a Christian. And the utter absurdity it is to the world. For one, you believe that creation was, or came about rather, by the Word of God. That there was no process in creation. That there was no random, just a luck of the draw 
And boom, creation came about. Also, saints, you believe that there once was a woman who never had relations with a male, but became pregnant. You believe in the virgin birth. You believe that dead people can rise from the dead. So you believe, saints, in many things that the world looks as totally absurd. But saints, what's the difference between us and them? We've been given the mind of Christ. God has ascended our minds to believe the truth of the gospel. The natural mind, that is to say, a mind that God hasn't given the Spirit and grace to, cannot understand the things that we know, saints. St. Paul makes this point clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But a natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And saints, you must keep this in mind when you're speaking to your unsafe family members and friends. You might say, man, I'm, I know the Trinity. I know that, that Jesus Christ is Lord. I know all the truths of our sinfulness in Adam. Why can't they accept it? Why do these Muslims think that the Trinity is irrational? Why can't they believe that there is one person that now subsists in two natures, our Christ? Why, why can't they believe these things? Because they have the natural mind. That is why. So don't beat yourself up because you're not articulating the truths of the gospel well enough. Saints, these are mysteries. But they only become unraveled when you've been given the mind of Christ. And it is God then that takes the mind, the natural mind, heals it, and He ascends it. He takes it beyond its natural capacities. Saints, you may not know calculus. That's fine. You may not know the ins and outs of Aristotelian metaphysics. That's fine. But you know the gospel. And Aristotle can't teach you the gospel. <laughs> Mathematics cannot teach you the gospel. It is only the Holy Spirit that indwells a person that can teach you the gospel and for you to believe upon the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the glorious news of us for us saints. This is the glorious news for us that God in His mercy has elevated our minds. That God in His grace has given to us a higher light. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. In other words, you must have the mind of God to believe in the things about God. And that's exactly what God does for us. God gives to us faith. He assimilates our minds to the mind of Christ to believe upon the Father. The last component of faith is trust. Trust. Steadfast trust, saints, is firmly taking hold of God's promises and living in light of them. Taking hold of God's promises and living in light of them. Saints of God, how many of you can say at this very moment, if it wasn't for God's promises, I wouldn't be here today. If it wasn't for God's promises, then I would have, my mind would have let me go insane. If it wasn't for the promises that God has given to me in His Word, 
then I would have lost my mind a long time ago. Saints of God, it is faith that allows us to hold on to such promises. Now saints, when we think about trust, we must believe, we must know that when we say faith is trust, it's not a blind trust. And many, many critics of the faith will say that. That you have a blind trust. Even when Paul says in First Second Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Many think that we're just walking in this world with a blindfold on. And that's not what that text means. You see, the world walks by sight. The world walks by sight. We walk by faith. We don't allow the circumstances of this world and what comes into our life to deter us from what we believe and know. Again, you do not allow what you see. And there's so many times, saints, when you don't see the visible uh, uh, um, manifestations of God's love towards you. There's many times, do we not? But we do not allow those circumstances to twist and to bend our mind to not believe that we are God's children. To not believe that God does love me. This was the problem of Israel, is it not? They're looking at all the nations. And God says in Isaiah, remember, you think I divorced you. At the very last book of, of the Old Testament, what is the first thing He tells Israel? I have loved you. Saints, we are to be people of faith. That doesn't mean we walk blindfoldedly. But what it means is we hold fast to the promises of God. Saints of God, hold fast to the Word of God. Those scriptures that your mom and your grandma and your grandpa, whomever that you that uh, that would teach you the Word of God, and those verses that I'm sure you can just say and that can just roll off the top of your tongue, hold on to those verses. Hold on to those truths of the Christian faith. And that's what faith gives to us, saints. If there's anything that, distingu- that should distinguish us from the world, saints, it is our trust in God. It's our trust in God. This is why Christians, when the world is going crazy, this is why the world needs a Christian. When the world is going out of their minds, this is why the world needs to consult with a Christian. Why do you think the president so many times brings spiritual leaders? Although they are, many of them are wrong and false, at least they know at least these leaders know that they can't lean on the opinions of men. There has to be a higher light and a higher source. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25-34 through 34, is something that we all need to be reminded of. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on is life not more uh, than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky that they do not sow nor reap nor gather crops into barns and yet their heavenly Father feeds them. How are you, are, are you not much more important than they? He goes on to talk about how things are clothed by our heavenly Father. Are you not more important than they? In summary, saints, knowledge... Ascent and trust all comprom- uh, uh, go into what it means to have faith. And saints, let me tell you now, it's a noble thing to have faith. 
It's a great thing to have faith, especially and more importantly and specifically faith in Christ. Don't ever let someone tell you that you're a fool for having faith. No, you are the wise person who has built their their, their house on the rock. Remember the words of our Christ in John 20, 29. Blessed, uh, Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, have you now believed? Blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. Congregation, listen to me now. These words from our Christ are so important for us to not only know, but to live by. Because saints, we are living in a day and age where many are looking down at us because we have faith. Many will look down upon your children, those who are in college right now, those who are about to be in college, those in elementary school and middle school. They will look down upon them because they believe in the Bible. They believe in God. They believe. But saints... Do not allow, never allow the opinions of man to take your minds captive. Never allow the opinions of man to twist and to bend your mind. Saints of God, if the masses believe in one thing, but if God says this, then saints of God, turn your foot from the masses. Turn your foot from the opinions of men. Believe what God says in His Word. As we close this point, we are to see that these Christians whom Paul is writing to as an example of how we are to live the Christian faith. In other words, if there's one thing that you should be known for, it is your faith. Saints of God, as your, as the one who cares over your spiritual soul, and I'm sure Pastor Antonio can agree with this as well, I honestly don't care if you know all the ins and outs in theology. That's fine. But what I care about is how much do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you know the gospel? And do you know the gospel that sets you free? Saints of God, let us be people of faith. And let us be known for our faith. Unashamedly be known for our faith. We're not in high school. Who cares if we're not, we don't have any friends? Who cares if no one will talk to us? I'd rather have no one talk to us because of our faith, on the account of our faith, than everyone talk to us, not because of our faith. Let's consider the second and last thing, saints, and that is love. Love. Paul highlights the love of these believers. Verse 4, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints. In addition to Paul hearing of these Christians' faith, Epaphras also tells Paul of these Christians' love. He says, Paul, these Christians have great faith, but also Paul, They have great love. They have great love. And essentially what this tells us, saints, is it's not enough to believe in Jesus Christ. It's not enough, as St. James tells us, to just believe. But also, we must show that belief in love. We must show that belief in love. Not obedience per se, saints. And yes, we do obey. But obedience doesn't drive our engine. Love drives our engine. Love is the reason why we're here today. Yes, because God said it, but more importantly, because what God did for us. 
It is love, saints. Love is the great virtue of the Christian life. Everything we do in the Christian life is to be out of love. Whether it's correcting a brother and sister in Christ, whether it's calling out sin. Saints, the words of St. Paul are always to be at the forefront of our mind. Let all that you do be done in love. Let all that you do be done in love. But why, saints? Why ought we do everything in love? What's the, what's the reason why we do everything in love? Well, saints, the answer lies at the cross. The answer lies at the cross. 1 John 4, 7-11 Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And one who does not love does not know God because God is love. By this the love of God has, was revealed in us that God has sent His only Son into the world so that we may live through Him. In this love... Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Here the question of why everything ought to be done out of love is answered. Why do we do everything out of love? St. John tells us it's because of that one event that happened at Calvary. That is why. The reason why we do everything out of love is because of the Christ event. Because of what was shown for us and to us. Up got hill on Golgotha where Jesus Christ was slaughtered for our sins. When He was slaughtered for our sins, saints, what is God doing? He's highlighting His love for us. Again, verses 9-10. through You've heard them, but they're so beautiful. We need to hear them again. By this the love of God was revealed in us. That God sent His only Son into the world so that we may live through Him. In this love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us. And He sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. In other words, saints, the root of the Father sending His Son was love. The root of the Father sending His Son was love. The reason why the Father sent His Son was love. And it is this great demonstration, in fact, it is in this the greatest of demonstration that God shows forth His love for us. Saints of God, have you ever pondered when you consider the cross of how much God shows forth His love for us? It is a mind-bending thing, is it not? There are many people who have done great things for us, but saints, as you've heard time and time again from myself and Pastor Antonio from this pulpit, there is no one that will ever, in an infinite amount of years, ever do anything greater for you than what the God the Father did in His Son, Jesus Christ, for you. There's nothing. There's nothing that compares. I often think of... Um, if I was in a large debt and Chase or, or the bank calls me and says, hey, your, your debt has been wiped away. But also, in addition to that, we're giving you a positive balance. You couldn't stop me from, from talking about the bank. I would be wearing a Chase shirt and a Valley Strong shirt every single Sunday and every single day. Well, saints of God, how much more 
how much more of what God did for us. Now, the question is this. God did this for me. The question is this, though. Now, what do I do? Now, what do I do? How do I live? And saints of God, I was telling a friend yesterday, I said the, the hardest thing for a Christian to do is not learn theology. It's to live as a Christian. It's to live as a Christian. How do we live in light of the cross? Again, the words of John answer this question. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. If God so loved us, we so also ought to love one another. Now, this text is so clear. I don't need to give you more explanation. Since God loved you, will you not show that love in return? But saints, this is an interesting way of putting it, is it not? It struck, it struck me when I was studying it. Because notice, John doesn't say, if God so loved us, we ought to love God. You would think that's what he would say, right? Since God did this for you, then your love should be directed toward God. But he doesn't say that. He says, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Not God, which we are to do, but John says one another. Well, saints, what's the connection then here? The connection is this, saints. That when you love one another, you are loving God. When you love one another, you are loving God. Matthew 25, verse 40. Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these brothers, you did it to me. What does Christ tell Saul on the road of Damascus? Why are you persecuting me? Here, Jesus is comparing service to believers to service to Him. If you love them, you love me. If you feed them, you're feeding me. If you clothe them, you're clothing me. He says this in verse 35 through 39 of Matthew chapter uh, 25. He says, For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. The righteous will say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or feed you? Or thirsty or give you something to drink? When did you see a stranger and invite you in? Or needed clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go visit you? Essentially, what we do to the body, we do to the head. What we do to the body, saints, we do to the head. This is why, this is why loving one another is so important. Because your love for one another is indicative of your love for God. We must love one another. Because if we don't love one another, then we don't love God. That's the conclusion that John tells us, right? The point is this, saints. Our love for one another is our response to God's love towards us. Yes, we love God. But also we love one another. Don't forget, saints, the first and the greatest commandment. If we don't love one another, 
do we truly understand God's love towards us? Simply put, if we don't love one another, have we understood the cross in Christ's death for us? This is why, saints, the gospel is never behind us. The gospel is never behind us. The gospel is not something that you learn and you say, okay, I need to move on now. No, 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 no. The gospel is not just to inform you of what you need to do in order to be saved. The gospel also informs you of what you need to do in order to live. The gospel informs you of how to live. Because Jesus Christ on the cross teaches us how to live. Jesus Christ is preaching on the cross. He's preaching His greatest sermon ever preached. He's showing us humility. He's showing us self-sacrifice. He's showing us forgiveness. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He's showing us how to have total dependence upon His Father. Jesus Christ shows us, saints, how to love. If there's any time when Christ shows us how to love, it is on the cross. He shows His Father, I love you this much. And He shows the world, I love you this much. Congregation, this love that we are to show forth is to be what distinguishes us from the world. Yes, faith, but also your love. It's what outwardly sets you apart. Jesus says in John 13.35, By this all people will know that you are my disciples, that you have love for one another. And saints of God, it's a great thing to love one another, is it not? It's a great thing to one, love one another. Isn't this one of the great highlights of every Christian, or rather, every Lord's Day Sabbath? The love that we show for one another. I can tell you, six days, I long to be in church. Simply put, for someone to love on me. And saints, don't you long for the same thing as well? That you long for someone to love on you. Someone of like mind. Someone who's sojourning along with you. We sojourn for six days in the world that doesn't love us. This world doesn't love you, saints. And don't ever think that the world does love you. It pretends like it loves you. But it doesn't love you. It loves what you can provide. It loves your money. It loves your time. But the world doesn't love you. But saints of God, isn't it a great thing to know? And praise be to God that each Lord's Day we can come into a place where people do love us. Genuinely love us. Out of pure love. A love that's rooted in Jesus Christ. Who are our brothers and sisters. And whom we will see every day. I thought about this yesterday. This is off topic. I don't even know why I'm saying this. But I truly wonder if I will see you all in heaven. In the new heavens and new earth. I think of all the people in the world. And I asked Lee the other, the other day. I said, do you think I will ever bump into my brother? Like, how many people i got to get around? Do you think God will, like, one day just put us in the same room together? When we think of all the people that are in heaven. I don't know why this is a thought that came to me. But, saints of God, you will be with me. And I will be with you in heaven. And that's where our love will be fully, fully purified. That the flame that we have for one another will never go out. Saints of God, if there's anyone that you should forgive quickly... If there's anyone that you should forgive quickly, it is a brother and sister in Christ. It is a brother and sister in Christ. For we are to love them. In fact, in Philemon chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 7, it speaks of this. 
For I have had great joy and comfort in your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. In other words, Paul, who's writing in prison, is saying, even while in prison, I have great joy. By hearing of the love Philemon is showing to the church. And notice the feeling that these saints have towards Philemon's love. Paul says, they have been refreshed. They have been refreshed by the love that Philemon is showing forth. What this tells me, saints, is there is nothing like good old Christian love. (laughs) There is nothing like good old brother and sister in Christ's love. There's nothing that beats on this earth that type of love. Because it is a model. It is rather, it is a, it is a, a mirror of God's love towards us. John Gill commenting on this, he says, their hearts were filled with gladness. The load upon their spirits, the pressures upon their minds were removed. And they had an inward pleasure in their souls and rest, refreshment, and comfort. Isn't this true of Christian love? Christian love, saints, it gives us inward pleasure, rest, refreshment, and comfort. And saints of God, I thank God that I'm at a church where we exemplify that. I'm not, I'm not saying, saints, that you don't do that. I'm actually commending and praising God that you do do that. And now what I'm saying, saints, is don't stop doing that. And also, love harder. Love longer. Love stronger. Never let your love for your brother and sister in Christ, even if you never talk to that person, never let it fade away. We are to be people who model ourselves after this church in Colossae. When Reformation Bible Church is long gone away, and I hope that it never is. But if we are, if we, if we all at one time, um, dismantle and, and when we think about Reformation Bible Church, we can think of the faith and the love that we have for one another. That's what we at Reformation Bible Church are to be known for. Because that's what this church in Colossae was known for. Saints of God, next time we're together, <clears throat> we will consider the other aspect in which goes into faith. We talked about a little bit today, which is love, but also Paul is praying for them to bear fruit. To bear fruit. And how fruit bearing is also an evidence of the faith. And then after, Paul is going to take our minds to the very highest of heavens and he unravels the mysteries of of the God-man Jesus Christ. So saints, if there's anything that you should learn today, is keep having faith in God. And keep loving God and loving neighbor. Let's pray.